Well, hello, hello, everyone. This is Chats with Nai, and I am your host, Naomi. Welcome back for another episode where we're discussing tips and tricks with all sorts of relationships. If you're new to the podcast, hi there. It's nice to see you. How about we go grab a beverage and have a seat? really hoping you all had a good Thanksgiving this year. I don't know if it's the same with all of you listening, but this year Thanksgiving was very small and a lot of the my friends and coworkers and other family members like they either did absolutely nothing for Thanksgiving or it was just them and maybe a couple of, you know, either an aunt or an uncle or Abuela came over or something like that. But it, it was very small. And I felt that that's something that it was a common, like, like everyone was talking about how peaceful their Thanksgiving was, which is great. That's awesome. Um, but I don't know. I kind of felt like a lot of us just weren't in the mood to entertain masses of people. And not to say anything about it, I was in the same boat. Um, but either way, I hope you had a Thanksgiving that was special for you. So before we begin on part two, um, the whole importance of co-parenting on common ground, I wanted to recap a little bit, um, you know, just so, just so we're not kind of lost. So last episode, I talked about how parents need to be on the same page when it comes to the upbringing of their child or children. Even if the parents are no longer living in this, in that same household, you should still establish some common ground rules. Um, that way there's none of this, you know, added tension and whatnot. And I spoke about the import, how important it is to discussing these kind of things before having kids. And we don't always have that option. But as soon as we know we're with child or maybe you think about it the day after you've given birth, you know, whenever it is, we should be touching on, on these topics and trying to find that no-go, go area when it comes to how we want our children to be raised. And I mean, like I said, who's really thinking of these things at the time? Like, I know me and my ex weren't, but it's something that we can only benefit from. It alleviates stress from building up, like, within the couple themselves. It lessens the anxiety we add or create for our children without really knowing that we're adding or creating this anxious environment. We are the first role model to our children. And I know we tell our kids all the time that mom and dad, mom and mom, dad and dad, or maybe it's tío and tía that are raising you or abuela, or you're a single parent. We're the ones that provide our children with the example of not only what 
a of what a relationship should look like, but it also teaches them how relationships are formed. And it teaches them to learn how to set boundaries and cope with life stresses that we don't have to argue about every thing in order to get our point across. You know, we don't have to storm out of the room. There are better ways to deal with this, especially with all the other stresses that we have going on right now. Um, but if you want to know more on this topic and you didn't get to catch the last episode, jump right on over and then come to this one. And it'll be like, you didn't have to wait at all for part two. (laughs) So that's the recap. And we're going to jump into some ways that we can find common ground. And just remember, these are some of my own tips, things that I have Um, learned along the way, or my partners learned along the way, or I've read in a book and have done research on. So please, this is not the end all be all, but these are some of the things that I find good, you know, like a good starting point. I'm sorry, I kind of like lagged there for a minute. (laughs) So for first time parents, it's already a struggle to reach an agreement when taking into account the methods and like the strategies that are recommended for parenting. While couples figure out these things when they're given the opportunity, you know, before the baby is born or even before then, but sometimes everything that you have discussed prior to the baby's debut, it can be all for nothing. Like everything goes out the window and then it's causing these anxious feelings or you know, feelings of failure or frustration. And then that starts to build and little by little, it snowballs into something that could have been avoided. Right. And that's, that's what it is, is trying to avoid things, um, from getting so large that you no longer feel like you're in control or you and your partner don't feel like you're in control. So, yeah. So, the first, the fir- I guess the first tip, I don't want to keep saying tip every single time. So I'm just going to list them and give like a little, I'm sorry, I hit the mic right there. <laughs> um, the first one is to talk it out, right? Talk it out and do it together. Have a conversation on how you want to speak to and with your child or the baby. And this is important, like very, very important. Communicating with each other is what fosters those positive relationships. So speaking is a large portion of how we discipline and guide our children. So if we're constantly yelling, guess what? Our kids are going to believe that that is a normal way of speaking. When you're talking with your partner or with your village, like I had said in the last episode, single parents, we have a village. Not saying that, you know, two parent households don't also have a village, but we have somebody else that we can tag and be like, hey, you're it for the next hour. So, but you can talk about these things like the tone, the body language, you know, words that you guys plan on using to encourage and nurture the life skills and like the inner qualities that you want for your child. Because in the end, we want them to be good human beings, decent human beings. And that all starts with how we speak to our children. 
Um, the next thing is sharing at least three values with each other. So me, Naomi, is going to bring to the table three of my own values and I'm going to expect, you know, Elizabeth to bring her own three values, right? And when we sit down and we're um, talking about our values, maybe one might be shared. We may have completely three different ones. But we're going to talk about those things and then why they matter. Remembering to speak in an open-hearted way with zero judgment. So you cannot be judging the other person for what their three values are. Their three most important values, I should have said. And they should be, you know, returning, not the favor, but returning the same, the same standard. You shouldn't be judged on what your three values are. This will help you guys, like it'll inspire both of you or it'll inspire you and the village that it's taking to, to raise the, the child or the children. So you're going to put these, these values all together. And then from there, you together will decide what three are most important. And no, one person can't have four and the other one only gets you know, two or something, or one gets majority, it should be pretty equal. Um, and you'll find that when you start to write out what your values are, or at least the most important values, you might share some similarity. So don't get caught up on, oh my God, they don't match. That's not the point of this part of the, I guess, exercise. You'll pick your, your highly valued your highly valued values, that's kind of redundant. <laughs> um, but together as a family, right? There is uh, the Harmony Cards for Kids and the Little Book of Harmony. They have this very same, this very same tip, I should say, right? And they were written in here for this very reason. It was to have values in the home. And there are 30 virtues within each of the resources to support like the children and the parents, even teachers in discovering like how to, you know, get to those most important values, right? So that one's, you know, pretty, pretty good. Uh, another one, and this one's pretty high on the list, at least for our household, this was pretty high on the list. It was to make a non-negotiables list, right? It becomes so much easier for us to respect each other when we have shared what our non-negotiables are and that we've discussed them together and we can go and, and back each other up when the time comes. You're, you're, you're standing firm on the common ground that you have as a unit with your children and what is, you know, a go, a go, no go type area. You're establishing boundaries. So this is a great thing. Like I said, for us, it was top on the list. And that's not to say that we don't go back and review them every so often. Of course, whatever your non-negotiables list may look like when your child is, you know, under five or maybe under three. It, it will adapt. You, you will grow as parents. You'll learn new things. Um, you'll learn certain things that work for that particular kid and probably don't work for another one. Um, 
but discussing them together as a couple or with your village, it'll ensure that everyone has the other person's back, okay, when certain topics are are brought up, right? This one, it kind of seems, you know, like, oh my God, who wouldn't know that? This is a no-brainer. But still, people forget, and you kind of think of like, oh, it's an automatic, but it's not. So working on things together. Share what is working for you already. So if you guys in your relationship, not guys, but if if both parents or the village and the single parent, you got things that are working that you know is a structure that you want to keep, boundaries that you want to keep, appreciate those things and celebrate those things. And when when you share what you what you like, then it's much easier to work on where you want to rebuild. I, I don't want to say fix because we're not really fixing something. We're rebuilding it. We, we had it down pat. It didn't work anymore or it needed to be tailored. So we're rebuilding, right? If our partner is not so keen on something like right away, we're going to try to relax into it. You know, we're going to share more clarity as you experience whatever the strategy is for yourself. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Maybe they're just, they're not thinking it's going to work and they're trying to keep an open mind. So don't force something on your partner. It, it may not be as important to your partner as it is to you. And if that is the case, talk about it. Talk about it, talk about it and remain open-minded and judgment-free, right? You're going to share your feelings and let them do the same. And this way, then you can come to a compromise. So like for us at the household, when the wife and I first got together, I learned very quickly through discussion that she does not like to use any type of physical force as a discipline. It's, it's just not how she was raised. I, on the other hand, I'm a firm believer that sometimes you know, a good ass kicking is necessary, right? And that I shouldn't have to repeat myself more than once. Those are my two things. And she was totally not on the same path. Understandable. And it took us a little bit of time to work through this and to come to a compromise, to a compromise, I'm sorry. But we did. Eventually, we arrived at one that worked for us. Because honestly, who wants to raise bratty little kiddos who then become little a-holes as adults? Not nobody. So that was, that was one of, I think one of our biggest hurdles. Um, which now that they're older, I mean, we've had to tailor because, well, because with age comes different, different scenarios, different issues, concerns. So, but we're always revisiting this particular thing. Be the change. Don't wait until you have approval. And approvals, I'm using very loosely because I know that, especially lately, there's kind of a negative connotation with using the word approval within a relationship. But if it fits within your values and no one is going to be hurt, go for it. Try the parenting strategy for yourself and then be the model of how it works and the outcome that it brings. 
then for yourself, you can choose whether you want to present it to your partner or not. Maybe the strategy didn't work and you're like, okay, you know, it didn't work for me. Or maybe you guys can sit together and like I said earlier, you're going to work it out. They may have a different addition to that strategy of yours, something that was missing. Or they could have had something that was missing and you're the one bringing it to the table. Right? That that makes sense. Stresses and blesses. So for this one, we're going to ask the question, what stresses you? And what blesses you in parenting, right? You're going to do this list together and it will help both of you to see more clearly the things that may trigger you individually and as a couple. Because honestly, they're, they're, they're on a fine line. Like as a mom, something may not trigger me the same as it would, you know, in a, as a, as a, as a wife, should I say right? They're going to have different, um, different meanings to me. So if I'm speaking about these things and I'm clear about what it is that bothers me in each of these scenarios, then my partner knows how to avoid those. And I should be doing the same for my partner. It ensures that it, we're bringing awareness towards each other's needs and desires, right? So you may have not notice that a certain word or gesture was a trigger to your partner or your partner may not have noticed. So when we talk about these things, then we work towards a compromise and then we end up doing less of the things that stress and more of the things that bless. If you're a single parent, this is a beautiful, beautiful exercise to do for yourself right? Because you don't have anyone else to bounce these ideas from. So it is powerful to bring more clarity and what needs to go and then what needs to say. Stay, sorry, not say. <laughs> um, as it's going to help you assert your boundaries so that you honor your health and your happiness and your well-being. Because if us as single parents or not us, but as single parents, if we do not ensure that our well-being is, we cannot be the best for our kid or for our children. We, we try to think like, oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. But in reality, we're not fine. And our triggers become, you know, smaller. And we're snapping constantly, not only, you know, to maybe a coworker or, you know, someone within your village that is assisting you with the kids, whether it's pick up homework, drop off in the morning, but then you're, you're also going to, it's going to flow into, not flow, it's going to dump basically into your work life. And the last thing we need is to have to, you know, get reprimanded because, or in the worst case, we would be fired because of how we're treating other people in the workplace. So before it gets there, remembering these things, like what is stressing me out? What are the blessings that I see? And what are my triggers? How do I avoid these triggers from happening? What can I do that's preventive? Common ground parenting um, has many benefits. We, we know this. Well, we don't know this, right? Because I'm bringing it to you all, but it has many benefits. 
as well as newfound energy that comes from taking a more positive approach to communicating your needs and values with your significant other or whoever's in your team. So once you've gone through some of these tips or, you know, tricks or however it is that you want to label them, but it'll lead to you feeling renewed and, you know, your, your desire for a more connected and like happy family life. It's, it, it's going to reap benefits that are far beyond being able to deal with like the small petty bickering stuff that, you know, that'll build up and lead to resentment and anger. So like doing some of these, maybe you can practice like one or two strategies a week, right? Don't, don't jump into trying to do all of these tips or any tips that you, you find out there all at once. That, that's like an automatic, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Let's choose one or two and practice them for a few weeks. As you figure out what works and what doesn't work and reflect on your current challenges and then choose, like I said, a couple of the strategies that you think are going to work best and then commit to being consistent with their use. And for like some time, like none of this, oh, I'm going to try it for three days or for a week. Like that's not, to be honest, guys, that's not enough time to see if a strategy actually works for you and your household. Like I think the recommended is like two weeks, but anything within that two week to a month period for each strategy is a good time. You, you'll you get to see that strategy working in numerous types of scenarios because you, I don't know, you might be blessed and have an amazing 10 days, right? If you do it for like a week or so. And then right after that, boom, something unexpected happens and you're like, oh my God, like the strategy isn't working. What do we do? You start to feel like you didn't put enough thought into this. And it might've not been that. It might have been that you didn't give it enough time to see if it's going to work. And then at the end of that time, you and your partner, you and the village, your team, you come together, you check in with each other and you talk about how it went, right? You discuss the things that each of you noticed and what changed and what didn't change, you know, behaviors, stresses, did your blesses go up? You're going to talk about all those things. And then if you tailor the strategy, let's say certain things that you wanted to have changed didn't get changed, then you're going to work on that same strategy. Don't move on to another strategy. Work on that same one, tailor it a little bit, and then try it again for another two to four weeks. And this is how you'll work, you know, through it. You'll, you're going to get better at it. But it takes time. It takes time. And then for those of us that have multiple children, what works for each child, that's going to take time. Like, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't work at the very first try. That's okay. Another good thing to do, which I almost forgot, was to so share your experience with a friend, right? 
But make sure that this is someone that, that you obviously know and that you can trust and that they'll keep an open mind. And it's not someone that's going to judge you on your choices of what you and your family are, you know, are attempting, right? The whole thing is, like I said, it, it, it's a village. Whether you're a single parent or not, there are multiple people involved in the raising of your children, right? So there, there's a benefit to sharing those strategies or technique with someone that's outside of your bubble or at least your family bubble. And maybe you don't have a friend maybe, or maybe you don't trust some of your friends with this. Like you, you're not too sure about it. And Hey, that is okay. That is totally okay. But maybe you have a sister or you have a brother or for those of us that are lucky, or maybe a very few, you have a dope ass suegra. And she's going to keep it real with you 100% of the time. I don't know how many of you have those. But if you do, drop a comment down in the section below. Because I want to know. Okay? Regardless, talk about what strategies and tools and behaviors are working for you. And maybe when they're listening to you, then they will share some things that are working for their family. They're going to let you know of their challenges. And this isn't like, oh, I'm being chismosa. No, because once you start opening up to someone else about the challenges that you have, you're going to quickly find out that you're not the only one going through that scenario. It might be a little different, a little tweak here or there, but they can share like, hey, this is how we overcame this. This is something we tried in our house. And it's like a little, like a little tool that you're going to put in your box and you're going to take it back home and you're going to see if it's going to fit for your family or not. Right. There, you're going to talk about the transformations and ideas that, you know, you want to work on in your own family. Maybe they're going to also share what they want to work on with theirs. And then all of a sudden you have this extra feedback and you have support with someone that is outside of that that family, that family bubble, like I said, you know, you, you have each other and that's that, at least for me, it is one of the biggest things. Um, I think for quite some time, like me and my sisters real, like, yes, we were there for each other to, you know, vent or whatnot, but as far, as far as actually sharing, like, yeah, we tried this, no, you know, this didn't work for us. You know, that kind of stuff didn't happen until recently. And like recently, I mean, like in the last six months. Um, and mind you, my, my sister that follows me. So the second eldest, she has children about the same age as our kids. Like they're all, you know, older teens, young adults. And here we were all this time, like just holding on to the stuff because, oh my God, no quiero que nadie sepa. And it was all for freaking nothing because all this time we could have been working with each other and like, hey, you know, what did you do? Have you dealt with this or that, you know, and, and grow and grow from there as a parent and, and a connection as, as a sibling, you know, sorry, I don't want to keep going on that tangent, but you guys, you guys know what I mean. Um, for those parents, households that practice like the choice guidance um, method. I do have a, like a wheel, a PDF version of the wheel. Um, I'm going to put it down in my show notes so you can print it and you put it on the fridge. 
So the wheel of choice empowers children to solve their own problems instead of constantly like typically going to the teacher or the parent every, you know, like every minute, right? Um, it, it forces them or maybe not forces them, but it encourages them to problem solve their own, right? And in the process, they learn, you know, respect for others and cooperation. They learn problem solving skills and then they end up having confidence in their own capabilities. But the neat thing about the wheel of choice is it can be adapted for adults and parents. When your teenagers are old enough to practice the strategies that have been modified to the adult, you know, side of things, then you can include them. So it's very adaptable. Like I said, I'm going to put down the link in my show notes. So just keep in mind that it can be adapted to any age and um, it's a useful tool or it's an extra tool to use. I personally haven't used the wheel of choice. I have other parents that do use this uh, choice guidance method. Um, and I thought it was really neat because we all need all the tools we can get, all the tips that we can get, right? Um, Because if it doesn't work, we just move along, move along, or maybe we might share it with someone else and it may be beneficial for that mom or that dad or whatever guardian figure, right? So I'll close out with this. Things take time and they may not work the first time around. It's not going to be perfect right off the bat. And with each child, it'll need to be amended a little bit here or there. You may have to toss out the thing completely and start over. The key is don't give up. Take a step back and just breathe, right? Revisit those strategies and parenting values that you established and then move forward. At first, you're going to feel and sound like it's all a little unnatural, but over time and with practice, you'll find your groove. And the way you choose to speak or the phrases you choose will flow with such ease that you're going to be surprised. It's going to become second nature for you and your household. Verbal skills are practice skills. Just because we can speak doesn't mean that our verbal skills are top-notch. Lastly, give yourself permission to go easy on yourself. Finding common ground in parenting requires that you find out what your personal common ground is. Remember, there's no manual. There's no actual wrong or right way to be a parent. We can just move to be better for our children, better than what we had. So remain open-hearted, be gentle, and stay connected. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I've listed the wheel down below in the show notes. Next episode, I want you guys to get ready because we're going to be talking about setting our goals and manifesting for the new year. So come prepared. Bring a notepad. If you need a stronger beverage for that evening or for that afternoon, by all means, bring it, okay? We're going to take the afternoon and we're going to make it ours, all right?
Is that okay with y'all? It's okay with me. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I've got goals for next year and you guys have goals too. So we're going to sit down and do it together. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Chats with Nye Podcast, on Twitter at Chats with Nye, on Facebook, Chats with Nye. And remember, you can always, always email me at morningchatswithnye at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great Thursday, everyone. Mwah. Bye.